Well, well, well. There is one man, and only one man, the Penguins can count on. And that's the captain. That's Sidney Crosby. The Penguins had two scoring lines yesterday, and Sid centered both. He centered Rustin Jake, and when he jumped out there with Zucker, Zucker scored. And then Raquel set up Sid in overtime for the game winner. Sid is the man, even at 34. Evgeny Malkin is a liability at 35. He hurts more than he helps. He's a power play specialist, a one-zone player, and a turnover machine. He's got 18 even-strength points in 37 games. He's got two primary assists, five on five. Two! And now Malkin's going to get suspended for that cross-check to the kisser. I said Malkin would damage the team's structure when he came back. And I'm 100% right. He got a hat trick against Detroit. Whoopity do. Big deal. I've got my list of most disappointing Penguins. That's in about 15 minutes. Suffice it to say that number 71 is on it. This is the Mark Madden Show. It was Man City 2, Liverpool 2. Not the result we needed, but one point back, seven games to go. In with the chance, as always, I live in hope. Tiger Woods finished 47th at 13 over par. That's the big story at the Masters. Tiger finished 47th at 13 over, and all we're talking about is how courageous Tiger is. Scotty Scheffler won the Masters. Here's Scheffler's comment on how Tiger Woods played. Yeah, how do you finish again? Dead last? Oh, yeah, yeah. He had a good day, though. Thanks. Scheffler got upstaged by a guy who finished 47th and looked pathetic and by McElroy, who shot a 64 on the final round. Don't you know Tiger almost had his leg amputated? Yeah, and yesterday it looked like he had his putter amputated. Uh, R.I.P. Dwayne Haskins, the Steelers quarterback, died on Saturday. It's tragic when any 24-year-old dies, anyone that young, and now everyone wears a patch on their jersey and we move on. D.H. or number three, and we don't forget, but we move on. Adam Schefter tweeted that Haskins, quote-unquote, struggled to make it in the NFL, and that drew some anger. But that's true. Haskins got drafted 15th overall in 2019 by Washington. He got cut in 2020. He didn't play even one snap in Pittsburgh. The tragedy, him dying, that doesn't change what happened. Maybe you could talk about that later. Gil Brandt said some dumb stuff, the old NFL GM, but he's 90. Anyway, it's a terrible thing, so Dwayne Haskins, RIP. Pittsburgh's had a rough time when it comes to tragedy in sports. 
We had the Clemente tragedy, the Michelle Breer tragedy, the Bob Moose tragedy, the Gabe Rivera tragedy. Uh, but I want to talk Penguins. Sid stopped the free fall by himself, damn near single-handed. DeSmith played very good in goal, but there is not a goalie controversy. No way, no how. Here's a stat from Brian Metzer. In the last five games, the Penguins have conceded a goal within two minutes of scoring one themselves a total of six times. That is utterly unacceptable. The Penguins have lost seven of their last ten. I'm not crazy about that. The Penguins make so many mistakes and are so fundamentally flawed. They made three or four turnovers on one manic shift yesterday. Hey, guess who was out there? And Geno's cross-checked to the face of that one Jamoke. Hey, dude messed with the bull when he got the horns. But it's a bad time to get suspended with the team not doing well. Gino had a hearing scheduled for, well, I think any minute now. So we'll see if he gets suspended. I think he probably will, but no more than a game or two. Hey, best case scenario, Malkin gets rested and maybe the team tightens up in his absence. Eh, you know what? That's baloney. Him getting suspended is bad. It's like saying it would be better for the Penguins to drop to a wild card and play Florida in the first round instead of New York. I hear that all over the place. And I do agree that Florida is not as fast as New York and not as fast as the Penguins either. But Florida has scored the most goals in the league. Florida is a friggin' juggernaut. If you want to know who played well for the Penguins besides Crosby and Smith. Okay, I'd say Mike Matheson played well. Latang made an amazing play to break up a three-on-one. I am always impressed by Jeff Carter's two-way game and his efficiency in a third-line role. And it's great to see Zucker score and not break or pull anything. So let's get your Malkin thoughts. Let's get your Penguins thoughts. Let's get your Haskins thoughts. Let's get your Masters thoughts. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call, and we'll talk about all of it. The Penguins play at the New York Islanders tomorrow night. The Islanders have won five out of seven, but that's too little too late. But they're nonetheless a decent team. Do I think Malkin should get suspended? Probably. But within the context of what is and isn't tolerated in the National Hockey League, it shouldn't be more than a game or two. And I think it's selfish for him to do what he did, but I kind of get it. He's frustrated. Oh, and in that vein, I give Matheson credit. Latang absorbed a high late hit, and Matheson jumped right in and fought. Mike Matheson is doing one heck of a job. Uh, That was Jim Rutherford's last gift to the Penguins because Patrick Hornquist was a big contributor here. But I hate to think where that defense would be right now or will be moving forward without Mike Matheson and the way he's playing. 412-333-WXDX. The Post-Gazette published a very revealing article on the Pirates. It says the Pirates' whole payroll 
all the player salaries are covered by ticket sales and concessions. In fact, there's actually a profit after that. In other words, you take the ticket and and beer money, you pay the players, and you still got some money left over. And then you got the TV money, the revenue sharing, the luxury tax. That's all profit for nothing. Hundreds of millions of dollars. And we kind of suspected that, but now we know it. Yes, I do have a solution. I'll get to it a little bit later. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. I was on the elevator at PPG Paints Arena yesterday with the Lemieux grandchild. Lovely little Marlo, the daughter of uh, of Mario's daughter Lauren and her husband Gabe. Uh, the baby looks sleepy and cranky, kind of like the the penguins when they when they play lately. But no, just just a, a beautiful child. Congratulations to to Lauren and Gray, Gabe. Uh, the big boy wasn't there, but his wife, the lovely Natalie, was the grandma Natalie. So it was great to see them. And and one thing I've always said about the Lemieux, and this dates back for years, Mario and Natalie. They're great parents. All four kids, polite, sociable, respectful. Nothing bad to say ever about any of the Lemieux family. So uh, great to see the first Lemieux grandchild yesterday. And uh, like Mario so wisely said, the worst thing about being a grandfather is you got to sleep with a grandmother. That is that Mario sense of humor right there. 412-333-WXDX. And uh, I want to hear people defend Gino because I think the way he's been playing is indefensible. And uh, if you want to talk how great Sid is, you know, Sid is 34. But how has he adapted so well? Because he hasn't had to adapt. Sid has always played hockey by the book. He colors inside the lines. He always has. So you don't have to adjust when you grew up doing that. Whereas Gino has been a bit more daring and certainly very exciting, but he's trying to play at 35 like he thinks he's still 25. And it just is not working, and it really makes you wonder if the Penguins should want to bring him back when he becomes a free agent. Or if they'll just be indulging a very expensive brand of nostalgia if they do. Now, we heard the report that... uh, Gino told the Penguins he'd play three years at $20 million total, which is a little under $7 million a year, and the Penguins uh, were not amenable to that. And now I've heard that Gino feels, or rather his management does, that the Penguins have low-balled him with what they want to pay him. Well, you know what? If, if they have low-balled him, they just don't want him back. Whenever a team low-balls a pending free agent... That's the team's way of telling that pending free agent they just don't want him back. 412-333-WXTX is the number to call. A little later, I'll tell you how the Pirates, uh, how the city of Pittsburgh, rather, can uh, give Bob Nutting an ultimatum that um, it'll force him to fix the Pirates or do something even more drastic. We're also going to talk more about Tiger Woods. Let's hear that uh, that quote one more time from, from Scotty Scheffler. The Masters winner, the guy who actually won about how Tiger played. Yeah, how do you finish again? Dead last? Oh, yeah, yeah. He had a good day, though. Thanks. I'm going to play that quite a bit in the days to come. 
412-333-WXDX. Uh, up next, we'll have the uh, Bucko Roundup, and also I'll tell you who my most disappointing penguins are right now. 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. What up, man? There's always been an unspoken dynamic. I am a lot smarter than you. Okay, so maybe it's a spoken dynamic. The X at 105.9. It's time for the Bucko Roundup. The Pirates won at St. Louis yesterday by a 9-4 score. So they won't go 0 in 162. Some guy I never heard of hit a grand slam. Another guy I never heard of got the win. Today's game at St. Louis was rained out. The home opener is tomorrow at PNC Park. Joe Manganello is throwing the first pitch. I say let Joe pitch the first inning. At least Joe is a winner. That is the Bucko Roundup for today. Uh, here's my list of most disappointing Penguins. This is like a right now type thing. Uh, John Marino. Now, as a rookie, he was so good, you figured he'd be a top pair defenseman and maybe usurp Latang's role as the number one defenseman with the Penguins. And ever since you thought that, He's gotten worse and worse. Yesterday, he got beat on a pinch, and he just quit on the play. I would suspect Marino's biggest problem is that he doesn't suspect there's a problem. Also disappointing, Brian Dumoulin. This one is confounding because Dumoulin has been so good for so long, but right now he looks a step slow and mostly confused. Definitely a crisis of confidence going on with number eight. And I think he's a good bet to get traded in the offseason. Marcus Pedersen. I believe Pedersen's a good defenseman. A good defensive defenseman. Let's let's narrow that down. But his confidence is shot just like Dumoulin. He looks clumsy. And he got beat by Matt Duchesne yesterday on a goal. Duchesne just blew around him like he was standing still which Pedersen was, standing still. Now, that's three defensemen. I'm surprised Pierre-Olivier Joseph hasn't gotten a shot in light of that, but management hates POJ. Uh, Jari's been disappointing for about a month or so in goal. He's not been bad, per se, but just kind of ordinary, and he needs to be a lot better than average in the playoffs. There was a time that Jari's stats, the big ones, goals against and save percentage, hovered in the top three, and now both figures are near the very bottom of the top ten. A numero uno on my most disappointing list, like I said in the opening segment, it's Evgeny Malkin. He's useless when he doesn't have the puck. That's just fact. He's a one-zone player. He's a power play specialist. He's a turnover machine. He's minus 11. He has two primary assists, five-on-five in 37 games. He only has 18 points even strength in 37 games. He has nine even strength goals. Brian Boyle has as many as that. And nobody gives a frig about a hat trick against Detroit. I didn't mention Gasparri Kapanen because I no longer have expectations for Cappy. He never disappoints because he always disappoints. Zucker's been hurt too much, but that's a different kind of disappointment. I was glad to see him score yesterday. And the the below-the-line guys like Heinen, they're not supposed to be good. Anyway, that's my list of most disappointing Penguins. 
Let's go to Kenny Dantan. Kenny, you're on with Double M. Hi, Mark. How you doing? Hi, Kenny. Um, the reason I want to talk kind of obvious is just the extraordinary play. Cindy Crosby, I, at 35 years old, it's just beyond reproach. But in terms of the team in general, and you've been saying it for weeks, and I agree with you, it, it just seems almost, you say stale, it just seems comatose. You, you know, well, oh, now it's, it's gone beyond stale. They're playing like they're capitulating. Like they know they stink and they know there's no way out, although I think there is a way out, and it wears number 87. Let's go to Chuck on 28. Chuck, you're on with double M. Hello, super genius. I'm calling about the lack of pressure in the uh, neutral zone when opposing teams break in to attack on the In the neutral zone? How about in the offensive zone? How about their forecheck is crap except for Sid? Like, Sid's the best player, the best playmaker, the best everything right now, and he's still leading the forecheck. Absolutely. I just want to know what you think they could do about it or kind of why is the defense just feeling so stale? They're not going to do anything about it. They're just going to play like they play. They're not going to adjust. They're not going to change anything. They still think it's 2016 and 2017. They think they're the fastest team. They think they're the best team. Just play our game. Thank you. And what that's going to get them is a one-way ticket to Palookaville. Up next, going to keep talking NHL with the senior Writer for NHL.com, he is Dan Rosen. Dan Rosen next on 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Come, son of Jor-El. Kneel before Zod. Oh, hi. Um, Always great to hear from the lady callers. DX at 105.9. The Eastern Conference is truly up for grabs. You say stuff like that a lot, but it's actually true. In this case, joining me now to discuss, he is the senior writer for NHL.com. You hear his podcast, At the Rink. He is Dan Rose. And, Dan, what's wrong with the Penguins? I mean, aside from Sid, uh, who beat Nashville all by himself yesterday. Yeah. Uh, it's a great question. I think they might look – to me, they look a little tired. I don't know. I mean, do you agree with that? Like, they, to me, they look a little spent, um, and rest could do them some good here. We know they're going to make the playoffs, and – I'll be honest with you, Mark. I think to just, you know, maybe, you know, giving a guy a break here and there will be beneficial to them. They're going to get in, and really it doesn't matter who you play, you know. And at this point, you're looking at a team that's not likely, although possible still, but not likely to get home ice. So what's the difference if they play the Rangers or they play Carolina or if they're dropped to the wild card and play the Rangers or Carolina, you know. I mean, it could easily be that. Uh, Or Florida, what's the day you're going to play a good team? I think they could use a little rest, number one. You know, and you're talking about guys like Malkin and Crosby, and uh, I think Malkin's going to get some rest here, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Malkin and Crosby and Latang and whatnot, and, you know, older players. Um, that, I think that's the case. You know, to me, they're defensively, they're, they just don't seem as strong. Uh, I think they're giving up a little over three and a half goals per game in this last 10-game stretch, and their goals four per game is a little inflated because they did score 11 against Detroit. Uh, so I, I think they're a team that, you know, uh, they could, they could hang, you know, they're, they're going to be fine. I just think, you know, giving a rest here, uh, you know, a game or two for a couple of guys, like I said, I think Boston might get a few anyway, not on his own accord, uh, but on his own doing. Uh, and we'll see, from, we'll see what comes from that. Yeah, I totally agree, but here's the problem. You're not going to sit Sid. He'll just refuse. 
because that's no. not his style. Yeah. And Malkin and Latang are, are, are much the same way. But but I totally agree. I don't think it matters who who they play for sure. It's not like they lack playoff experience. And uh, right. you mentioned Carolina, Florida, New York as potential opponents. Is it possible that New York is the toughest matchup for Pittsburgh because of all their speed out of those three? Um, I, I think you can certainly make that case, and we've seen it in the recent games that they play. You know, I mean, we have absolutely seen that. The Rangers are – when the Rangers are playing their style of hockey, they push you back. They, they will, yes, give up the odd man breaks here and there, uh, but they have the goalie to stop them. And, in fact, today I was at the Rangers practice today, and I asked Jacob Truba the question – you know, the comfort level that you have when you're playing with Shesterkin behind you, and does it allow you even as a defenseman to push up a little bit more and do a little bit more than you wouldn't normally do? He said it shouldn't, but it does. Uh, you know, because you know he's there and the guy's got a terrific save percentage against odd mans and breakaways and things along those lines. So I think that that team, when they're going, is incredibly dangerous for any team but yeah i would say that they could be the the worst opponent that the penguins could play because they have they certainly have the edge in net and that's not a knock on tristan jerry but the rangers are going to have the edge in net in a lot of play teams their power plays can cancel each other out and that's not the case with pittsburgh in a lot of nights their power play should not be canceling get canceled out but the rangers can cancel them out if not be better and the rangers are a team that really can get on their horse and fly and that could be a, that could spell some trouble for pittsburgh um I saw you at the game where the Rangers killed the Penguins 5-1 at the Garden. And one thing that was evident then already, New York hit a home run with their acquisitions at the deadline. All those guys are perfect fit stylistically. Yeah, and it actually stinks for the Rangers. The blow is that Tyler Mott is out for a while now, I think, with a shoulder injury. Um, You know, maybe he comes back at the start of the playoffs. We'll see. But that was an ugly collision he had with with the boards. And that was, that's a blow because he fit perfectly on their fourth line. He fit perfectly on their penalty kill. He was such an aggressive forechecker for them. But that notwithstanding, I mean, Andrew Kopp has been terrific. Frank Vitrano has been terrific. They're, make, they're taking up two of their six spots in their top six right now. Kopp's on a line and fitting in well with Strom and Panarin. And Vitrano looks good with Kreider and Zibanejad. And you wonder how long does this whole thing last? Well, it looks like it could last a while because they're playing really well. And Justin Braun has fit. I mean, they, they've used him sparingly. He seems to be a good fit on the left side with Braden Schneider. And Justin Braun doesn't play the left a lot, but he's played well on the left, I think, for the Rangers with Schneider on the right side. And they have options all over the ice now with these guys, and that's the key thing. They didn't have a lot of options before. It was very top-heavy and very power play-driven, and now it's a little bit more even, and they have a lot more options, and they run just deeper. Uh, We talked about Evgeny Malkin, who's very likely to get suspended for that cross-check in yesterday's game. What's the state of Malkin's game? His stats are shockingly low aside from the power play, Dan. For instance, he has two primary assists on the season, 5-on-5. That's in 37 games. That's mind-boggling. Yeah, that is a little bit mind-boggling. I don't even, I, Mark, I can't even tell you. Like, because to me, when he came back, he's coming back full strength. I understand the knee, and maybe he's favoring it. Maybe you worry, you worry about that. He's an aging player. Uh, you don't want to have to deal with it consistently, that knee. Uh, that could be on his mind. Uh, but you're right. I mean, the power play looks good, but the power play is also a little bit more stationary. Once you get in the zone, you move the puck around. It's less you know, you have to move, but it's not as much movement through the middle of the ice, obviously. 
Uh, and at five on five, you got to play the 200 foot game. And we're just not seeing the same level of production from Evgeny Malkin. And the, the, the points are still there. So you have to be okay with that. I think he's, you know, he's got, I think, 11 in the past nine or whatever, whatever it may be. But defensively, it's not that strong. It's a lot on the power play. Uh, I wonder, I do wonder, and I don't know. I haven't talked to him. I don't know if he's admitted it or not, but I do wonder how much the knee is playing a role in it. We're talking to Dan Rosen of NHL.com here on the Mark Madden Show. Let's get back to Florida. They're red hot. They've won seven in a row. They lead the league in goals. Do the Panthers have a weak spot? Uh, the Panthers have the weak spot. I think you have to look, I think Sergei Bobrovsky is a terrific goaltender, but how's he going to perform in the playoffs? You know, uh, the Panthers are a team that can look, they fly, they score. They got almost 300 goals now, but they can give them up too. I mean, look at that game, the Toronto game, you know, they have to come all the way back Look at the Jersey game. They have to come all the way back. Their weak spot is they sometimes rely so heavily on their offense and you can't do that in the playoffs uh you can't believe you're going to just roll teams offensively in the playoffs it might happen for a game or two but it's not going to happen consistently and that's a lesson they should have learned last year against tampa when they tried to play that game and eventually tampa just wilted them away you know and that series which was terrific Tampa eventually wins that series in six games. And then that goes back to another thing with Florida that I'd be worried about is experience. You know, look, I mean, as much as we love what the Panthers have done this season, they have still won. This group has won two playoff games. That's all. So let's, let's hold. I, I'm, I'm willing to buy them a little bit more than I did last year, but I'm still have some reservations because they do give them up and they don't have a ton of playoff experience. No, that that's very fair. And, uh, that brings me to Toronto. How dangerous is Toronto? Uh, they're a lot of fun to watch play, just like Florida. And is Austin Matthews the best player in the league right now? Um, is Austin, Austin, is Austin Matthews the best player in the league right now? I think Austin Matthews right now is the best goal scorer in the league. Um, and he is having the best season. So right now, yes, I would say so. I mean, Connor McDavid, I think, is the most talented player in the league. But right now, Austin Matthews... You, I, I would buy it for Austin Matthews to be the best player in the league right now because he plays all over the ice. Uh, he is a consistent threat. He's a power forward type of player too. Uh, and his goal scoring is just out of this world right now. It's incredible how, the, how he is just finding openings and the puck is finding him. Uh, it's really amazing. So, yeah, I would say he's the best player in the league right now. I wouldn't say that I buy the Toronto Maple Leafs either, though, because I don't buy their goaltending, number one. I don't buy their defensive play. Number two, they're another team. You know, you can't bank on just scoring a bunch of goals and winning in the playoffs. What happens in the playoffs, Mark? Top guys get shut down a lot. You yep. know, you might have that game where it comes, you know, your top guys shine, and that's huge because one out of four matters, right? But for the most part, you need depth. Why did Tampa Bay win back to back, third line? Why did Pittsburgh win, third line, right? I mean, their top guys were terrific, but. They had that depth. I don't buy the Leafs' depth, uh, and I don't buy their guys uh, being able to do it right yet in the playoffs simply because we have not seen them do it in the playoffs. It, it's a, it's a got-to-see-it-to-believe-it type of situation for me, and I don't believe their goaltending is good enough to hold up either. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned their goaltending because a lot of the teams I think are really good, 
like Carolina, Florida, Toronto, even Colorado, I just don't trust their goaltending. I can't pick any of those teams to win it, but it wouldn't shock me if one of them did. Well, Colorado to me, I think is Darcy Kemper has played playoff hockey, number one. Um, he was a really good goalie, too, in Arizona in a different system. And he comes to Colorado when he was healthy. Injuries were the problem for him. He comes to Colorado, which plays a completely different system than Arizona, way up and flying up and down the ice. And Darcy Kemper's been good and, and, and really good. I think he's an underrated good. So that's a different situation for me. I, I would buy them more. Um, Toronto, I can't buy their goaltending. Florida, you, you look, you, what Sergei Bobrovsky are you going to get? That's the question, right? At Carolina, I would buy Freddie Anderson. But I also think it's the style of play. I remember sitting with Freddie Anderson. I was on the bench during the skills competition and the hardest shot competition was going on. So I was doing reporting from the bench and I asked, I was right between Freddie Anderson and Jack Campbell. And I said to both of them, I said, what are you guys thinking when you see this? And Freddie Anderson goes, thank God we don't give up one timers. And that's really <laughs> Carolina does not give up a lot of one timers. They don't give up a lot. They're forecheck the hell out of you. And they do not give you very much in the defensive zone. In fact, We'll see what the Rangers can get against them, uh, you know, tomorrow night at Madison Square Garden and what is a battle for first place. Last time the Rangers and Carolina played them, Carolina was all over the Rangers. I mean, they had 44 shots on goal, couldn't win the game. But uh, Carolina does not give up much, and that's another reason why Freddie Anderson has been as good as he's been. Now, one reason I really like Carolina is I think Rod Brindamore is the best coach, period. I, I think he gets more out of that group than any coach gets out of his. Well, you can certainly make that case. I mean, I, I would make the case for John Cooper, too, you know, be, but he's got a lot more star power, you could say. Yep. No question about it. Though I think part of that is, though, Svechnikov is a bit underrated. Ajo is a bit underrated. Teravine in the same way. Uh, but, you, uh, look, Rod Brendamore pushes the right buttons. And, and the old joke is, how do you show up out of shape if Rod Brendamore is your coach, right? Your coach is going to outwork you in the gym. That's a problem. And then these, it actually forces these guys to work, I think, really hard. Uh, and the, the Hurricanes are in terrific shape. They always are under Rendemore. They're always aggressive. Uh, and he gets a lot. But they got a lot of underrated guys. Like Jacob Slavin is one of the most underrated defensemen in the league. He is so good. Yet nobody really talks about him. What does Pittsburgh have to do to right itself? Let's, let's go full circle to them for a second, Dan. I feel like they're, they're not that fast anymore but they still believe they are. And against certain teams, once again, New York, that really hurts them. Yeah. They got to play the, I mean, it's the, the old cliche, but honestly, really, they have to get the, they have to play the puck below the goal line a lot more than they do. They can't, they, I don't see the Penguins winning a rush game. Uh, or, you know, I don't see them winning four games against another rush team in the playoffs. But Dan, forgive the interruption, uh, playing, but they do. That's how they want to play. They that, think that's their strength. Yeah, I but but I think they got to buy into a little bit more of what Sidney Crosby does, which is get the puck, play it below the goal line, force them to play against you below the goal line, force them to play 200 feet from their net. Try, don't try to get into chance-for-chance chance rush game with a team, and I know they don't want to get into a chance-for-chance chance game, but I think they need to play a little bit more. But, but it, it's a, if it's a stylistic change, it's hard to make it on April 11th. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to make that style change now. The thing that I do think the Penguins have going for them uh, a lot more than, say, you know, a team like the Rangers, if they were to meet up, is they have the experience of how to play playoff hockey, whereas the Rangers, although they have guys who have played playoff hockey, they have not done it together. And I think that does make a difference. 
whereas the Penguins have a lot of guys who've won together. That matters, and maybe they can flip it a little bit to play that playoff style when they get there. But right now, I think they need to start doing that a little bit. You've got to start that now. You can't just flip the switch and start that in game one. They're not a team built right now to win a chance-for-chance rush game four out of seven times. Couldn't have put it better, Dan. Great stuff. Uh, Enjoy New York and Carolina. I can't wait to see that one. We'll talk again real soon. All right. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. That is the great Dan Rosen. Check out his great work at NHL.com. I just posted a blog that the city of Pittsburgh and Allegheny County should give the Pirates owner, Bob Nutting, an ultimatum. I will talk about that a little later on this program as well. Uh, I'm going to talk about Tiger Woods shooting uh, 13 over par and finishing 47th and somehow seeing himself become a bigger legend, which I just don't buy into even a little bit. 105.90X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. You live by the ass, you die by the ass. Well, I wanted to see what your thoughts were on that subject. Wait a minute. Prostitution's illegal? The X at 105.9. I want to go over those Geno stats again. In 37 games, he has nine goals and nine assists at even strength. That's 18 points, less than half a point a game at even strength. Brian Boyle, the fourth-line center, has as many even-strength goals as Evgeny Malkin. Uh, He has two primary assists. The primary assist is the pass where the goal is scored directly off that pass. The first assist. Uh, Geno has two of those at even strength in 37 games. He's a power play specialist. He's a one-zone player. He's useless without the puck, and he's a turnover machine. I know that he used to be this guy that was dominant, and he still shows flashes of that. And I know you have a jersey with number 71 and Malkin on it, but he's not that good anymore. And he hurts more than he helps. And what I said when he came back, that he would damage their structure, that has undoubtedly happened. Absolutely undoubtedly happened. And there's nothing they can do about it. You can't bench him. You can't do anything but play him and hope he figures it out. But he wants to play like he did when he was 25 and doesn't understand that he's 35 or does and ignores it more likely. So your thoughts on any of that? 412-333-WXDX. Your thoughts on Tiger, too. I'm going to talk about him at great length a little later in the show. Also, the Pirates cover their entire player payroll with just their ticket money and their concession loots. So uh, all that TV money they get and all the revenue sharing, that goes in Nutting's pocket. And it does. It goes in his pocket. It doesn't go any other place. The Post-Gazette reported that. They got access to to some of the books, and uh, that's how it is. I have a way to deter Nutting from doing that that I'll get to next hour. But it would take the city showing some guts, the county showing some guts. It could be a bit of a stare down. But if the city lost, and uh, well, I'll tell you the details in a minute, but uh, this can't go on. Him robbing the city blind just simply cannot go on. We're talking about the tragic death of Dwayne Haskins as well. I don't know what he's doing walking on a highway. What was it at 6.30 in the morning? But but just, you know, 
I don't know, just some things unanswered there, but you know it's so tragic, maybe they don't need to be answered. I don't know. Oh, and then the one thing about Gino, too, he cross-checked dude in the face yesterday. Going to get suspended. Your take on that. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Bucko's got rained out today. That's a shame because I was planning on watching the game here in the studio. Well, no, I wasn't. I, I did. You guys do understand the Bucko roundup is just me taking the piss, right? Okay, good, because that's what I'm doing. Uh, I did like talking to Dan Rosen about potential first-run playoff matchups with the Penguins. Because in the never-ending attempt to invent false optimism, some have said, and I've even played along a little bit, that maybe playing Florida in the first round to be better because they're not as fast as the Rangers. And Dan Rosen is correct when he said that Florida has only won two playoff games with this group ever. And the Rangers have kicked the Penguins' ass three straight times and. Some of the scores have been close, but if you saw the game, you know that the score flattered to deceive. So see, there I go again, talking myself into uh, playing Florida as a better option, maybe even Carolina. But one thing Rosen said is 100% true. It doesn't matter who they play if they're tired. And they got some guys who look tired, and they need to rest Sid and Gino and Latang some down the stretch. They need to scratch them a night here and there. But I also know that Sullivan won't want to do that. And if he did, Latang, Malkin, Crosby just wouldn't let it happen. I would predict that the last game of the regular season, even if it's totally meaningless, that Latang, Crosby, and Malkin all will still play. And they should not. Let's go to Max in Wexford. Max, you're on with Mark. Mark, how are you, buddy? What up, man? No, I mean, listen, Gino. And his prime is good, solid. I mean, you know, one of those top 100 players. But as you get older, those guys, I mean, they evolve, right? And he hasn't really evolved his game. He's still trying to be that 18-year-old Russian that can skate through everything. He's trying to dangle. He's trying to dangle. And the worse he plays, the more he tries. In terms, he tries too hard. He tries to do too much. Like, one thing you can never do is dangle your way out of a slump. Dangle your way out of playing bad. The way you get out of a bad patch in hockey is to simplify, which is why Sid doesn't have bad patches, because except for overpassing very occasionally, he's simple to begin with. He, he moves the puck, he gets open, and he, he shoots. Gino tries to dangle and shoot, and he gets stripped of the puck, and he's going to hook a guy and take a penalty. And the Pens are a perfect example of why 3-on-3 overtime rules are kind of skew the Penguins in the standings. In the playoffs, you play five-on-five, five, not three-on-three. Three. Yeah, yeah, but they, they still won the game yesterday and by any means necessary. Uh, I, I feel you, but but I, the one thing I'm taking away from yesterday's game, if you want to be optimistic, is Sid was totally dominant. And when he gets going, he can pick an entire team up by its bootstraps. And that's exactly what he did yesterday. And maybe he can continue doing it until the rest of the team finds itself. But, uh, but one thing the rest of the team should see and follow Sid's example is that he plays a simple 200-foot, fundamentally sound game. Sid plays exactly the kind of game that wins in the playoffs. Let's go to G-Magic. G-Magic, you're on with Double M. 
good day, Mr. Matt. I said good day. Yeah, I just wanted to comment about uh, the passing of Dwayne Haskins. Um, I, I think I read that his vehicle was disabled and he had to cross the highway. And uh, I will say I, I actually had to cross the highway, uh, like an interstate like that once. And when the cars are moving at that high of a speed. Oh, bro, bro, I, I know a friend of mine... Uh, John Sullivan, Mr. Sullivan, uh, he wrestled his luscious Johnny Valiant. He he got killed trying to cross McKnight Road in the same fashion a number of years ago. But why would you do that? Why wouldn't he just use his phone to call for assistance? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe his phone got disabled or maybe... Yeah, I'm not sure this is the time to criticize his judgment, but you got to admit, it's a very odd circumstance. And I'm not suggesting anything untoward, not in the least, but but boy, why would you do that? Yeah, I guess that's the mystery of it. Thank you for the call. Okay, up next, you're not going to like it because I'm going to rip Tiger Woods to shreds. 105.9 The X.